I realize that I realize how bad I am at taking compliments that when somebody says, Hey man, you're looking good. I immediately go to McDonald's and get like a double quarter pounder and like self-destruct when somebody's like, Hey man, you're looking kind of slim. I'm like, cool. And I I'll just, I'll like, take care of that real I'll quick. I'll drink a liter of fucking yeah. slim. I'm like, I'll, I'll prove you wrong. I don't know what that is. That's another thing I got to talk to my therapist about. Cause Put it on the list. <laughs> Hello, hello. Welcome back to Papa Don't Preach. I'm here with Bennett Miller, and I am Obi Mafuna. Bennett, how you doing? Uh, currently not bad. Doing A-OK. I know that last time we checked in with you, you went through this like whole sobriety route. Like, is mm-hmm. that you still holding that up? Still doing it. Uh, still not smoking or doing nothing. Uh, I'm so jealous of you. I'm like a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was rough, and this is like the week that's like settling in, where it's like okay. It's nine o'clock at night. The kids are asleep. The dishes are done. Laundry's put away. What do I do now? Now what? <laughs> now what? Because <laughs> usually you just smoke weed and you can literally do anything and it's fine. But yeah. now it's like <laughs> I got a restlessness inside of me that's like video games sometimes don't capture. Although, although Nintendo did a really great thing. Uh, Nintendo Nintendo drops a surprise game every once in a while. So they have uh, they had like Tetris 100 or Tetris 99 where you're playing against 99 other Tetris players. They had Mario 99 where you're Mario in against 99 other players. Now they just came up with F-Zero 99. Oh, shit. So it's like you and 99 other drivers. Captain Falcon? Oh, my God. So that's been, you know, hitting my dopamine button pretty hard. Oh, shit. (laughs) Bumping into people and jumping over stuff. Because I played a lot of F-Zero as a kid. It was... Like uh, underrated game, it far. was great. It was one of those like we it only was, had a couple Super Nintendo games for a long time, and that was one I played the hell out of. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Another underrated one was Excite Bike. That mm-hmm. was another mm-hmm. underrated one. And I was just like, why isn't there not an Excite Bike too? Maybe yeah. there is in China, but I don't have it. No. So that's uh, that's what I've been doing instead of smoking weed is video games and reading. Uh, also reading Ninja Turtles. I've been going back and reading the old black and white comics, which are really interesting. Oh, man. We got to get this motherfucker a blunt. Yeah, it is. The, <laughs> he needs drugs. <laughs> I am reading a good old time it's, New uh, York it's, Turtles. It's fascinating. Oh, the, the, whole, the whole story, I mean, this is a, the, a big time aside, but the whole story is how the Ninja Turtles came together. Two guys. Guys love comics. All they want to do is make a living in comics. They made a studio out of their apartment. They sold like, you know, the first issue sold like 3,000 copies. They shopped it around. Action figure company bought it. The action figure company said, hey, let's make a cartoon of it. They'd only made 12 issues of Ninja Turtles when this is happening. This is like 1988. (laughs) Then flash forward a couple years, a couple failed Ninja Turtle series. One of the guys, the younger guy, is like, hey, I'm going to sell my rights. Like, I'm done with the Turtles. Like, so he sold it to the older guy. Oh, my God. Older guy holds on to it. Uh, until Viacom comes along and says, you know what we love? Those Ninja Turtles. Here's $60 million. Uh, So one guy got $60 million, and the other guy is still working on Ninja Turtles. (laughs) 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 And it's a a really interesting, rough story, because, like, you know, obviously that's a a pretty hard bridge to burn. Yeah. And only in the last couple years, they've kind of come together. They they, A series called uh, The Last Ronin, which is about, like, the last Ninja Turtle. Dude, that looks so sick. It's, it's dark and great, Can but we, it was literally, like, it's... We can't spoil it, right? We can't tell them who The Last Ronin is. No, it's, okay. it's it, yeah, whatever. No, you can't say it. No, you can't, you can't say it. Can't say but, it. Uh, yeah, so it's, like, this full circle thing. They, like, were, you know, really could not stand each other for a long time, and then they finally made this kind of full circle comic. So I'm going back and reading all that stuff. Oh, uh, shit. And it's interesting, the ideas they came up with and how, you know, the, the characters they created and how quickly... 
people took it away from. Oh, damn. <laughs> it started making toys and action figures and cartoons and movies and movies and movies and movies and movies. Fuck. Interesting. Man, I want to... There's two guys writing a black and white... Co- I mean, literally, there were two guys they would write and draw together. They'd write... One guy would draw a little bit, hand it to the other guy. He'd draw a little bit. Hand it back to the other guy, draw a little bit. So all their, like, their line work's really thick and like... It looks overworked because it is overworked. There's two guys working, <laughs> oh my working, passing it back and forth, and eventually like mailing it back and forth, and like until they're like, okay, we're both happy with this. Now put it to the printer. Shit. Yeah. Insane. It, see, I I think it's because I've never been in the situation, but like if I was working with somebody and it all fell to shit, and I'm like, I'm sticking with it. Fuck you. Blah blah blah. Because I have somebody in my life right now mm-hmm. that you know stopped picking up the phone. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Gone. Mm-hmm. If my, if for, I said I'm staying with this project and if for any reason that this project ends up taking off the first phone call I'm doing, I'm going to that fucking person. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, and it's not, it's, I will never shame someone for giving up an idea and trying to move on with their life. And like, as long as they're not like, fuck you, I want this. <laughs> like, this is your rights. Like, I'm going to reach out to that person. If it gets nasty, it gets nasty. But like that, this is my, like the way I think it's like, I choose to believe the good in other people because I feel like that's the only way the world will move in a yeah. positive direction. And so I know that my first call will be to this person and be like, Hey, I have two options for you. I just got a buttload of money. I'll either give you this much or you can come back to work, mm-hmm. pick one. And like, I'll just, I'll try and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Cause like no matter what happened between those two, they both put their fucking blood, sweat, and tears into that thing. That was their baby. It was equal parts, like character design, everything. And then, yeah, the guy took the check, and he was like, okay, buy Ninja Turtles. And then the, the, the Nickelodeon was like, hey, Kevin Eastman, <laughs> didn't you make the Ninja Turtles? Would you like to work for us now? <laughs> so, he, yeah, I got paid, you know, because, like, I follow him on Instagram, and, like, he's still doing the cons. He's still doing all that stuff, and the other guy is that's, not. I, I the other know. guy has $60 million and is not doing anything. Yeah, it, I mean, that's... I, I, I would love anybody I had an idea with to have a choice. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's a wild. it's a rough, interesting story. Uh speaking of interesting stories, hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about what's going on in Vegas right now. I just saw it is like Oh my it's god. Like a, it's like out of what's the movie Vanilla Sky when like uh, the footage I saw in like the it because uh, basically MGM Grand is being held ransom by a hacker group. Yes. And they've shut down fucking everything. Yes, and MGM like, Grand owns a lot of hotels. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, all the digital slots are down. Uh, elevators are down, hotel keys are down. Like Dude, you lines down. Like you can't do anything. Anything that's on a computer is down. Which and is which is everything in Las Vegas. They have digitized all of Las Vegas, so everything is down. Mm-hmm. And like I haven't been seeing news coverage of it. I'm no, just that's people thing like is, I've just seen it. Like I saw someone sent me like the like a little Instagram thing about, it, and that's like you know how the mainstream media isn't covering. It. It's like that's weird. And literally, it was just tech blogs and tech sites. Like when I googled like. You know, MGM host, you know, hostage situation. <laughs> I, the only reason, like, I like I was talking about it, and you know, your phones listen to you, and my, you know, my, I think my sister's boyfriend's going to a bachelor party in Vegas or some mm-hmm. shit like that, and so like I just got all these Vegas memes, and then all the stuff for Vegas started popping up. I'm like, should I tell this motherfucker not to be going to <laughs> Vegas? But not my problem, not my job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you take cash, I think you're good. There's no credit. Yeah, it's like. People are checking, like, hotels are checking people up on clipboards. Yeah. And, like, there's, you mentioned there was walkie-talkies. I saw, yeah, it was, a, it was like, a, in an elevator. It was, like, an elevator with a walkie-talkie. It says, if you need to go, like, awky us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll crank you up. 
Dude, that's crazy. I can't imagine all the other like shittier hotels laughing all the way to the bank right oh, now. Oh yeah, you think uh, <laughs> <laughs> like like, like circus circus? <laughs> the clowns are all counting their cash and being okay. <laughs> They're checking motherfuckers on clipboards. Be like, ooh, get a new computer. They said, how yeah. you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> so like like Blaine said, it's like the like yeah, credit card the machine. Credit We're all good here. This is carbon paper. It ain't going nowhere. <laughs> the Rio's like pink for you, yellow for us. <laughs> Fuck you, MGM. <laughs> it has to be so good. Man, I, uh, one thing I'm not sure, and like we'll have to wait till the dust settles, but it seems like these hotels are taking care of their workers and paying them OT. They did like, see that it's like they're trying to like keep, you know, because they're, they're trying to keep hemorrhaging money, I'm yeah. assuming. I, and if they're, I mean, do- it's worse than the pandemic. Mean, even the pandemic, you had motherfuckers still the casino gambling, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> like, like, still people there. I'll let you know, like, I remember, like, there's times that Vegas is quiet. I remember mm-hmm. I stopped in Vegas. I think it was like the Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's like so- like 5.45 on a Sunday morning. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it was wild. Like, all the clubs were cl- I was like, wait, Vegas has an off day? Yeah. I, and I, I was just stopping over for a drive. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can stop in Vegas here and, like, you know, continue in the Arizona and hate mm-hmm. our lives. I was like, yeah, Vegas <laughs> is going to be fun. It's the holidays. Everybody's off. No. There's only the worst of the worst Ooh. people that are at a casino on Christmas Eve. That sounds like a good time to go. <laughs> I, I'll tell you right now, there's not a lot of them. There's not a lot of the worst <laughs> of the worst. So, like, things are open, but, like, you know, staff is getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're taking all the governors off the fucking go-karts. And we're like, you want to go 50 miles per hour? Go 50 miles yeah. per hour. You have to, like really really if either hate or your family hates you to be on <laughs> the casino on christmas eve i can't imagine like imagine like being in one of those hotels right now just in your room and everything's digital and like, like you can't turn on your tv because it's nope. connected you can't open your blinds you can't close your blinds Mm-mm. imagine taking a shit like taking a shit in a fucking digital bathroom yeah oh oh the bidet doesn't work i guess i have to how, how do I wipe my ass? Yeah, I mean, are the faucets, like, automatic? Like, is it, does that work? Like, is everything done? Just, like, oop, oop, oop. It's like fucking, uh, what's it, maximum overdrive? Or like, <laughs> you start, <laughs> they start chomping on people. <laughs> well, slot machine's going to eat somebody's tie, you know? Uh, I love how you have, like, this cartoonish brain. Just like, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a, the worst thing, but it's, like, funny, yeah. funny death. <laughs> funny chaos. I mean, he's going to die, but it's going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I hope, bop, 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 dead. <laughs> and then it just like the, the spinner spin and the blood starts going down as oh yeah oh god yeah 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 some gremlins type comedy <laughs> shit <laughs> I oh. did I did see gremlins way too young I saw gremlins real too young I say I saw gremlins on uh, KTLA mm-hmm. you know for those who are not here KTLA is like our channel five like back in the day they used to show <laughs> movies on Saturday night they had the Saturday night and Sunday night movies and I remember I watched it and my dad would like pop in we were like oh this is the gremlins. And he's, my dad obviously knew there was parts missing. Yeah. So he went, we went to Blockbuster and rented the real mm. movie. And I was like, I didn't need to see this. I didn't need to see this. It's like, what the hell? Like, I remember how adults would like, do you remember like the, the voice, the shitty voiceover? Man, I feel so old because I don't think kids will get this, but the shitty voiceovers they would do on uh, television oh, like when the there was dubs? a swear. The yes. Dubs. Mm-hmm. When they're like, "What the hell is going on over here?" Yeah, and you're like, w-. I think the the I had a shirt for a bit, like the Big Lebowski was, uh, whatever. It's like this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the asses. This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Okay, <laughs> it was the you know this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps and like hitting you know beating this car up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's good. Uh, we were just talking about, uh, you know, using a digital toilet. Like mm-hmm. I, I knew like when I was in Japan, I keep dropping that because I'm sophisticated. Yeah, world, yeah, world traveler. For yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, when I was in uh, Japan in, uh, you know, uh, Shibuya. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pronounced it correct. Nice. Um, there was some, I cannot imagine if like all the tech just shut down. Like, and you had to go back to toilet paper. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I couldn't use a bidet anymore. I had to use, because, like, they don't take care of you in Japan. It's one ply everywhere. Because, like, yeah. yeah, this is just for drying your booty, not for wiping it. <laughs> like, there's a whole thing that does that for you. I, it sings while it does it. How much toilet paper do you use? Like, do you, like, wh- are we jumping in this now or do you want to do this when we come back? I, I mean, we could, I, we could talk a while about this. I really want to know. Like, our producer brought it up. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it. Now, like, I'm, I have this Vegas thing on the mind, and wow. I'm like, holy shit. No pun intended. <laughs> How much toilet paper do you use? Cause I, you, I, I, I have, I have a very, very complicated butt routine. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I've been. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we should we're, get this we're, deep. We're hitting middle age. Like I'm saying, do we need to talk about this now or after the break? Um, I think we should take a break. All right. Because like maybe we'll talk to, <laughs> talk some sense. No, I'm not. Other. I'm not saying nothing until we get back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break, ladies and gentlemen. This is Papa Don't Preach. Stick around. We'll be right back with more. And we're back. Yeah, sorry if we get a little loud up in there. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. We're back. It's not nice and quick, nice and quick break. So um, we were talking about booty holes. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're very different. Sure. Very different. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I have a particular routine when I wipe my butt, but I found that there's this big discussion of how much toilet paper people use. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll go first if you want me to. Sure. Toilet paper is not really a big factor for me anymore. It's kind of out of the game. All right. I, I, for a long time, for a long time, when I was at home, you know, like the little move I would do is I would take a little, a little toilet paper, like a, a little three roll, mm-hmm. boop, 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 and I take a little water, sprinkle it on it from the sink, and then I wipe my butt. Because mm-hmm. to me, like I watched a thing on Bill Nye when I was up. Uh, so Bill Nye had this clip on the Bill Nye to Science Guy. <laughs> this is Bill Nye's fault why you the, wipe your butt this way? Yes, because, all right, so Bill Nye, a long time ago, was talking about, you know, bidets and, like, why it's good to wash your butt. Mm-hmm. And it was like this kid's thing. And, you know, he smudged some mud on a shoe uh-huh. that looked like shit. And took a paper towel and tried to wipe it off. And then he's like, look at it. And then look he took a shit. hose and then sprayed it off and then wiped it and goes, what's the difference here? He's like, you like, and he explained how moisture breaks down solids, mm-hmm. especially things that aren't solidified or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, I'm walking around with a crusty ass. I got to wash my butt. <laughs> so I, from like a very, very young age, from like six to seven years old, I started like doing a little sprinkle on there. So from then I obviously... I graduated to wet wipes, mm-hmm. like the wet ones. Yeah. So, you know, you do one wet one, dry it off, and then if you're poor and don't have a bidet, you walk out of there. Yeah. Uh, so I don't use that much toilet paper. How much toilet paper do you use? Like, what's your routine? I use a lot of toilet paper. <laughs> um, I'm not sure 
you know, I probably need to see a professional. I have a very sensitive butt. Oh, I, I, I'm I, with you. I'm, I'm a sensitive you. man. <laughs> <laughs> probably starts with my butt. <laughs> so I, you know, I use a lot of toilet paper. I'm constantly doing the checks. I'm constantly trying to do a little, you know, a little maintenance work while the business is happening, you know, uh, which means you got to flush a bunch, which means it's, it's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And Holy shit. this is a whole, you know, hey. on top of that, like I get the wipes too. I get okay. the wipe so much it's like if I'm if it's like there's a wipe in my in my luggage right now like oh yeah I got, I, those travel with me if I, I go got to a hotel if I go too. anywhere I need my ass taken care of because we know hotel <laughs> I go to paper. Costco and I get the fucking big wipes yeah, yeah especially if you're like in Vegas right now the digital toilet paper ain't working <laughs> so you got to bring your own wipes it's a it's it's a it's a thing you know it's definitely like yes. a thing like, yes I can I can't my you know my poor sensitive butthole would be like. No, not the single ply. I remember, I remember, <laughs> I used to, when I used to go to church, I would always remember to go to bathroom before church because I remember when I was a lot younger, my mom would, I don't know if, have you ever been to black churches like in the city? Uh, like the black churches? No, I haven't. All right. These uh, Southern Baptist churches are like four to five hours yes, long. Yes, I have heard that. Yeah, this yeah. is, it's like not chill it's a day thing yeah it's it's like you get there at 7 a.m mm-hmm. you're walking out of there at like three or four it's it might as well be a fucking job i'm sure by the end jesus is like all right enough dude, like, it's <laughs> i'm good i'm gonna dude, take like, a nap like the first part's fun then it gets a little then you're like okay then you think they're wrapping this, it this up preach, then a little you're preachy like, up here then another dude shows up you're like who the fuck is this motherfucker <laughs> it's noon <laughs> but you know so um, I remember like I would always remember to go to bathroom because I I told my mom I'm like I don't like going there because they have bad toilet paper. <laughs> they have bad toilet paper. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I don't know what they were skimping on, but it wasn't not only was it single ply, but it was the one where it was at that big silver box you tried to pull a sheet and only one flap would come out. <sighs> That's the word. It's like And like you're sitting there stacking flaps. Stacking and with flaps. this shit, <laughs> like it's like the it's like the toilet seat cover company and the toilet paper company got together to do like prank us and like yo <laughs> yo give me some of your toilet seat cover i'm gonna make it a like one flap so some douchebag comes in here and rips his butthole apart <laughs> trying to wipe his ass <laughs> i like i didn't understand like i'm in a i'm in the house of god yeah like, it's should, like it's like it's recycled from glass it's like that's what it's made out of in a heavenly place yeah like what the fuck you're supposed to be watching my butt i uh we just being a lot of Vegas. Last time I was in Vegas, uh, yeah. I because I you know I'm, I you know I'm a sensitive butt. It's a smelly butt too. It's just you know probably because I eat garbage all day. But anyway, last time we were in Vegas to spare Natalie, I'd go to the not Vegas any hotel. If there's a is a bathroom in the lobby, I'm going to the lobby bathroom and I'm taking my wipes and I'm taking a book with me. <laughs> like a fucking I don't know yeah. what. Like a yeah. dad. I'll tell like you. a dad taking wipes in the public bathroom with me. I'll tell you like if when I'm in hotels with my partner. If I'm sober enough, I always use the lobby bathroom. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a caring guy. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not, then I'm sorry. This shit's getting blown up yeah. because it's also because bathrooms are all designed by like super efficient German people who thinks like, let's just slide the door closed. We don't, yes. need, we don't need door closed now. <laughs> That's my like, German accent. Yeah. Well, you go into like, the problem is like, I like when I go to a hotel, I want to be taken care of. I want the fanciest, the best, and everything. Mm-hmm. My partner, Shannon, not the same way. She She's all about aesthetic and boutique, and which means shitty. It just looks cool. <laughs> so, like, I'm in, like, this lofty hotel with high ceilings, wood frames, 
you know, some weird looking TV that doesn't get the channels I want. No bathroom door. There's a fucking curtain or yeah. beads, you know, like <laughs> old fashioned tub that I don't fit in. A fucking toilet with a crank. And she's like, oh, my God, isn't this so cute? I'm like, I hate it here. Cranking the toilet. <laughs> but, you know, it makes for great pictures. I'm always yeah. fucking sitting there. I'm a sucker, too. I'm taking pictures. People are like, where are you? I'm like, wouldn't you like to know? You know, like exclusive, high class. But. Inside, like, I want to be at a fucking Four Seasons. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be in, like, I want to be at a, even a fucking Hampton Inn. Like, like <laughs> I'll take a fucking Hampton Inn. Like, a, a double tree if I'm balling. I know, I know a Hampton Inn door is going to close. They yeah. can't afford to have sliding doors at a yeah, Hampton Inn. They can't Inn. afford not to. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I'm not going to talk shit about the Hampton Inn. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll leave it right there. That's a whole other thing. But uh, as a dad, I... Uh, speaking of pooping, mm -hmm. something happened to me the other day. That's old, like, I remember when it happened with my father and you know, I, it kind of, I graduated to like fatherhood on this day, mm -hmm. but just the other day, like a few days ago, um, I asked my son to go to bed. He didn't, he was staying downstairs. I was like, it was bedtime, but he was waiting for me. So I went down, like I was downstairs and I went to the bathroom. I figured he went upstairs. Like he took his little iPad and I was going to get him mm -hmm. ready. I already put on the TV, thought everything was chill. I went downstairs and I went to the restroom, a number two, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I opened the window. I was like, okay, cool. I opened the door and there's Ozo like, hey, how are you? I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to bed. He's like, yeah, I was. And he stopped right there because mm -hmm. he got a whiff of what just happened in there. And like his face, he was just like, he did like the almost puke. I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? He's like, oh yeah, it's just really stinky. And I'm like, all right, let's get out of here. But like my kid almost puked on me. <laughs> he just like wasn't ready. And it was like the fact that like he just did like a big inhale. <gasps> hey daddy. <laughs> just, he got all of it. He got all of it. I felt real bad for him. I felt real bad for him. Like I just like, you could see wow. the strain in his face. He was like, and I was like, oh my God. And I didn't even put two and two together at that time. I was like, oh shit, he's choking on a raisin. Like, this is a child who ate a Lego. No, this is, I did this. This was my fault. And uh, that's what the song Circle of Life is about. The circle of poop. Yeah. I, I had that same memory of like walking into the bathroom, and like, Jesus. It's like an atmosphere in Dude, here. Like, I remember, like, my dad had a two bedroom apartment and I just walked in after him. I'm like, there's a baby hippopotamus dead <laughs> under the sink. Something's dead in here. I'm just like, uh, uh. my dad's like, <laughs> like big Nigerian. Like, <laughs> oh, you don't like that scent. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh. <It's> like <laughs> my dad laughs like bison from street fighter. Like, <laughs> Like Blades met my dad. You've you seen Eddie. Eddie that's like an African, <laughs> like an African. I, I mean, uh, I don't even want to get into this rant right now. But so, question for you: mm -hmm. Do you have like this connection with people who are from Louisiana? Like when you meet somebody who's from Louisiana, is there like this connection that you? Yeah, share? it's a uh, it's unique in that way. Like I'm sure people in Ohio, I'm mean, like, oh, you're in Ohio, cool. Like literally, I met someone this week who who uh, went to LSU and like grew up in a weird part of Louisiana. And <laughs> it's an immediate connection, like immediately. I I don't have that. 
I yeah. don't have like when you grow up in LA and you meet somebody from LA, you're like, hey, where you're from? They're like, oh, Van Nuys. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big place. That's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like, unless they was like, yo, I grew up on the street that you grew up on. We got nothing. Yeah. We got nothing. And I, I started realizing that I'm like kind of this dude with that. Like, I am Nigerian. And I'm a Nigerian. I'm an American-born Nigerian, which is a very unique place to be in. So unless I meet another American-born Nigerian, they don't know what the fuck is going on. Because yeah. in Nigeria, you're the American. In America, you're the African. Yeah. Like from they let you know that no matter where you are. And there's like this particular thing that you go through when like an American sees you, but you're Nigerian. They're like, oh, you're Nigerian? Oh, oh, your name's Mwadu? I knew an Emmy. Great. We all know each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad Fantastic. that yeah. I'm glad you know this guy with a similar name. But when you meet a Nigerian mm -hmm. and they're just like, ah, ah. You're from Nigeria. Ah, what what part? And I'm like, Anambra. Ah, Anambra. All right, what part of Anambra? I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, my, my family's from Bo, you know, uh, Onisha, really. Uh-uh, Onisha. How do you say that for you? Onisha. That's how I'm like, okay, listen. <laughs> listen here. I hear the way you talk. You hear the way I talk. You don't need to prove you're more Nigerian than I am. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying that we share some, like, it's a whole thing that we got to go through. And like, I started realizing that I, I see outside, like I see when Puerto Ricans meet Puerto Ricans, like they got their thing. I even mm -hmm. see it with like people from the States when you're from Louisiana, you got your thing. And I realized Nigerians, God damn. Like the first thing is to attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, I shit, man, I'm Nigerian until I die. I was like, I don't give yeah, a fuck. Yeah, it, um. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like, very I, weird. I, I, what a weird place to be in. Like, yeah, it's, I'm a man without a country. Yeah, I mean, the only way I could possibly relate is now that I'm like officially a Californian. Like, I'm not a Louisiana. I, I, I'm, oh, like, when I talk to yeah. Louisiana people, like that don't know me since high school, it's like I'm I might as well be from born in, born on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, them. you've been here over a decade. You got your card <laughs> yeah. punch. You're yeah. you're a Californian. Yeah, you know you do you call it? Do you say the ten freeway or the ten freeway? Uh, I say the 10. Yeah, you're yeah, <laughs> you Angelino. It was, was I-10 my entire <laughs> life. I drove I-10 everywhere. Now I take the 10 to go to yeah, work. The 10. It's the 10. <laughs> right. It's the 10. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I like that. It makes me feel better that I that sure. I have uh, I have a, a fellow a fellow Angelino next to me. <laughs> yeah, they don't want me back there either. Uh, do you know French or do you just know like the funny stuff? Uh, just the funny stuff. Just the funny stuff. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm not great with languages. Like I've been to foreign countries, and literally when I went to Italy, I was saying like you know, uh, <laughs> gracias to, after everything for the first couple of days. I lit my brain. It's like it don't know. I'm trying, but man, it ain't good. No, I just know like you know. Les éléments de l'oreille. Est-ce que je peux Le poisson, le poisson. That's the fish. Yeah, it's a little mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Le poisson. All right. Oh, um, I, there's I, also this is the the only other. There's a little town on the way to Lafayette called Grand Tête, which is just means big head. Grand Tête. Yeah, Grand Tête. Do you say like, hey, I'm from Grand Tête, Louisiana? Uh, yes, you could say that. Oh, damn. Yeah. Grand Tête. Grand Tête, Louisiana. <laughs> All right, you still got the twang though. You still and, got uh, you know, I have to the way to, I center myself is I say alligator and that's how you get your accent started. You got to say alligator first. <laughs> 
and then it goes from there. I don't know why. What's well, I know why it's swamp people. It's swamp people. The swamp sure. people. The very first time I saw the swamp people on the television, I, I did not need the subtitle. Like, this I am related to swamp people. Alligator. Alligator. Elizabeth, get the alligator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm not, I'm not laughing at you. Hey, I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> But God damn, you pulled that out, alligator. <laughs> like I was not ready for that. That hit me. That hit me in my my soul. Oh damn. Okay. Uh, well, I want to take a quick break because uh, we're just catching up with each other right now. I know that we're gonna be taking a we're gonna have a couple weeks off coming up soon. Yeah, we uh, we've got life stuff coming up. I'm, I'm taking a trip up. to Texas before I start a show, and you're starting a show, and you're going all over the place. Yeah, I'm, I, we're gonna try and do it remote, but shit, I got. They're, they're, they're <laughs> so you told me your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. See. Once I start my show, that, that show's fucking tough, too. I mean, yeah. it's Mastership, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, I haven't signed the NDAs yet. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. It. I forgot to, I forgot to send you some paperwork. A cooking show where someone may or may not be the master. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, we're going to be right back. <laughs> you guys stay tuned. We'll be back with more Pop It on Preach. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking around for another episode of Papa Don't Preach. As you know, this is a segment that we call Papa's Pulpit, where me and uh, Bennett, we just kind of rant about things that are getting on our nerves. And this week isn't any different. We are both industry people. Like, we support our own. Uh, we know we work very, very hard. It's a very, uh, it's a big wheel with a lot of spokes, and the strike is still going on, but... Something caught our eye this week. Yeah. Well, we, um, you know, the show that I may not be working on now that I said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we mainly work in reality TV. So mm-hmm. the, the people that are hosts are, they're not Yahtzee. They're not acting because they're themselves. They play themselves. Gordon Ramsay's always going to be Gordon Ramsay. Simon Cowell's yeah. always going to be Simon if Cowell. You've, if you've watched any reality show, you know we don't have writers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's it's a producer that usually writes stuff for Ramsey to say and tells it in his ear. Like, regular people cosplaying as actors and producers cosplaying as uh, writers. That's what reality TV so is. So we're very fortunate to be working right now. I completely understand that. Uh, and two other people decided, hey, we want to join. We want to start working again, too. Uh, Bill Maher and Drew Barrymore, respectively, both decided they're going to start their shows up again. Yes. Both, you know, they have shows with, you know, Drew Barrymore's, you know, she was hanging out with E.T. forever. Like, she's an actress, actress. Like, she's a lifetime actress. I can't Writers on our show. Bill Maher is a stand-up, has writers on his show forever, you yeah, know. Yeah, I... These are the two worst people you would... Uh, I would say to cross the picket line. Yeah. Like, these are the two worst individuals that will stand up there and say, hey, we're going to do this no matter what. And, like, I, I understand it. I understand it. I just don't agree with it. Yeah, I, I, um, I have I've had contact with both of these people. Actually, the same studio. Oh shit! I uh, I was doing crafty on a show, and uh, this is probably not a good thing for me. But hey, it's my experience. Okay. <laughs> uh, I saw someone at the crafty table, and my first thought was like, "Whose mom is at the crafty table?" Like someone literally she dropped off the kids at school, and then, like <laughs> it's now at my crafty table, and it was Drew Barrymore. Oh shit! Uh, she was the host of the show. Uh, that was my <laughs> only contact with her. I was like, "Oh shit!" She's like a regular person. Look at her. <laughs> uh, and then Bill Maher, uh, we used to shoot like right next door to them, so we. He has to fight with parking with their writers all oh, the time. Oh, yeah. I, I've been there at yeah. the TV City. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
So, you know, I know firsthand that, you know, he's kind of a prick. Yeah. I, so, <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah, that, you know, I've heard talk. So, like, here's the thing. I, I've I, seen him. I've seen him talk. He's kind of a prick. This, I, this idea that they're like, hey, there's people that are hurting that aren't the writers and it's not fair is understandable, but also bullshit. Yeah. Bill Maher also shoots like uh once a week like like, <laughs> like his show ain't his show ain't prices right his yeah. show ain't america's got talent like he's not shooting every single day he's active. same thing with drew barrymore they cook out a few episodes a day and then crank and then she's off four days a week or something right. you know it's like the fact that the, these guys are sitting there like oh my god this is life or death for some of these people like i guess like what the producers and like they don't have pas on they don't have like six pas on all week the show is live and i'm sure like, like i'm sh- like, i know it is i know it's hurting their staff but it's really fucking selfish to be like, well, hey, we're going to go ahead. And like, I know everyone is suffering right now, but like, we're really suffering. So we're just going to do it instead. Okay. Yeah, it's like, because like people are getting fucked over. Like we, us reality people, like I'm in a union. So I, that really helps me not get fucked over. Like, cause yeah. it's a, it's a vastly different pay from a union gig to a non-union gig. Uh, that's what union you're supposed to do. It's supposed to like stick up for you and, and protect you. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. Like there's people that like, haven't got paid for you know like the netflix number this is this is a, a, a this is something i know for a fact yes uh netflix is the only streaming company that keeps track of their numbers yes Un- it's every, fucking bullshit amazon disney plus every single one they do not know how much people have you know and they keep it secret because they don't have a system to grade there's no rating system on streaming services yeah and I, so basically like if you if you if you do a streaming you know we used to have, you know, the magic number was like 100 episodes. You get syndication. Yep. Your syndication will keep you forever. That shit don't isn't on streaming. Like, you, you know, if you if nope. you did a show like, hey, let's let's say we were we were the A team back yep. in the 70s. Bum, if bum, the a, a team's on Netflix or whatever. Like, we ain't seen any of that money. And like, I pity the fool who doesn't pay me. It's still me. I'm still, you know, you're still Mr. T. I'm still the other guy. That's the the white guy, Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Well, you didn't see that. You didn't see the remake. No, I, I did not. <laughs> okay, my but bad. That's, but that's the thing is, it's like there's no residual pay for actors and writers because there's no system in place to say, hey, a million people, you know, three million people, eight million people watched, yeah. your, downloaded, and streamed your show. Yes, None so of I, that is in place to get money for them. But so, it's the, so fucking the bullshit. Streaming companies are just sucking up all their money. They're ranking it all up. Yeah. It's and it's and charging us more. <laughs> it's, it's charging the people that just stream that shit more. It's crazy that like you know. You have a Netflix for seven ninety nine, and they're like, "Yo, we need to keep bringing you content." Now you got to pay fourteen ninety nine, and then you know a meme will get popular, and everybody, everybody will start rewatching the uh, the i uh, the AO, yeah, like a little fucking Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Everybody will start watching it again. You have this huge surge; it'll be memed. People will be talking about it. And not only that, it's like. I, you know, Matt Damon, you know, made this Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. I know I can't help myself either. Uh, he was talking about the destruction of the DVD and Blu-ray. Like, you know, go to go, you go walk into a Best Buy. You know, there's Blu-rays and DVDs are, yeah. are dead. And that's how actors and, you know, producers made their money after shit came out. Yeah, now they, now that was they a huge it, deal. Now you sell it to a streaming service and it's bye-bye. Like, it's just gone. It's theirs now. They eat it up and they take everything and you get nothing from it. Yeah, and, like, the big actors like Matt Damon, like The Rock, like Drew Barrymore, if they wanted to pull her on something, yeah, they're going to get a fat fucking paycheck. But what about the background actors on that show? Mm-hmm. What about the supporting cast? What about the, you know, man with rake in the lawn? Yeah. What about, 
hand job guy number two. You know, like these My mother guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. I saw that meme like, ooh, this guy's really hurting for money. It's like hand job guy number two. I'm like, oh my god, what a credit. Hey, casting calls a casting call. A casting calls a casting call. Um, but yeah, like it's it's wildly selfish. It, it they're they're putting it in a selfless light, but literally they're they're making new content in a world where no one else is making new content. And it's fucking bullshit. Like yeah. the fact that like this guy says that he needs to get back to work. You're gonna hurt. The pe- person you're trying to help, like what a contradictory statement! Yeah, it's literally blowing off every like. It's like it's such. Hey, bullshit. I know you guys are bad, but like, let's just let's just do it anyway, huh? Dude, you're helping the fucking problem. Like yeah. you're helping the bad guy here. You know, like it's. I, if you got, have you guys ever seen the movie uh, Braveheart? Uh, yeah, you I see have. Braveheart. Mm-hmm. So you remember at the end of the movie, when uh, they show their asses. Yeah, well, they, well, yes, yeah, so the they, middle. They yeah, show yeah. They, they show their asses like, but at the end when they have this whole plan to circle the. The Brits, the Scottish had the plan to circle the Brits. So all the lords who are like, they told William Wallace, hey, we got your back. We're going to go mm-hmm. and you just give us the signal. And they gave the signal and made a big show of turning their horses and armies around to walk away and be like, we're not going to help you yeah. because we like our money. Mm-hmm. It's not about our people and our country. It's about my money. Yeah. And I like my money. That's what Bill Maher is. Bill Maher is one of those piece of shit skirt wearing Scots who turned his back on William Wallace. Yeah. The whole idea that you are going to make content without writers who've held up your shitty show for so long and you're not going to pay them. You're not going to find a way for them to make money. Like, okay, my writers come back. I can't do anything except give you 500 bucks each under the table. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I, I'll hire you as PAs. Like there's no way that he can come back to this show. He's literally crossing the picket line and telling the writers of his show, the janitors and the PAs that I employ once a week are more important than you. Yeah. That's fucked up. It's, you know, I know, I know they're not on a five-day work schedule. Yeah, I we, know they're I, not. I've seen them work. I've, like, <laughs> I've seen, like, I see their bungalow. I, for, four, for three and a half, four years, mm-hmm. we were on that we lot. Were next door to them. Right next door. We were the bungalow next to them. They actually gave us a fucking bungalow because they weren't using it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm watching these episodes live, but this motherfucker shows up one day a one week. One day a week. And he cranks out three episodes and he's gone. Yeah. That's that's who you're dealing with. Like, I know that's his, the deal. I know his sh- I know his show is live. I know his show is live, but god damn. God damn, like this motherfucker's act like. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, is he in a different, like this was, like, was real time whenever I was there. Maybe, so, does he have another show so, now? No, no, no. Right now it's uh, it's Bill Maher. It's, it's uh, yeah, real time with Bill Maher live. Mm. So it's live on Friday nights. Okay. And then he has the podcast that's released after, which is just the audio of his episode. Him like sitting in a chair with somebody yeah. awkwardly. I've seen, yeah. I've seen clips of that. It's very strange. <sighs> it's not a natural setting like this setting. Yeah. <laughs> not signing us are you <laughs> bill maher if you hear this you need somebody to cross the picket line holla at your boy <laughs> hey i i i'm funny sometimes <laughs> so you, you, uh, you warm up a crowd any day no i know really <laughs> <laughs> so like i know that i'm biased because i'm a me- i'm a member of sag and uh sag aftra i joined aftra Mm-hmm. A month before they merged with SAG, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> They're like, "You have to join AFTRA." I'm like, "What the fuck is AFTRA for doing voiceovers?" I'm like, "Okay, cool." I get an email like halfway through the season, like, 
hey, yo, Saga and after the same thing. I'm like, oh, me and Clooney got the same insurance? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so, like, I'm a little biased, and I just know what it's like for the little guy. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm going to be very honest, and I'll tell you something right now, is that I know a lot of uh, warm-up guys who work talk shows, different reality shows and stage shows that warm up the crowd. They do a very good job. Anytime you've been to a stage show and you see that guy that's out there that's getting you pumped up, mm -hmm. that's keeping you entertained until your host gets out there, that is not a fucking easy job. No, it is not an easy job. It's very, very fucking hard. It, you're not like the host that has writers. or you, you come up with your own gimmick. You're holding people's attention. You are flying in there. When things go down, you're pulled off right in the middle of your shtick, and you like, look like a jackass. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking that hard. Is, that is really funny when you're in the middle of a bit. You're like, okay, we're coming yeah, back. Dude, I, I, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I'll be like, oh, what's your name? Oh, Katie. With the, okay, we're coming back. Okay, bye. Yeah. bye. All right. It's, three, it's like, you're like, a, like it's like a stand-up like, air steward situation because you're trying to keep the entire plane happy with candy and games and trickery. Yeah, imagine until, somebody until the real show starts. Imagine somebody came and snapped, slapped the candy out of your hands and we're taking off. Put your seatbelt on. That's basically what the job is. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a little biased. But I'll tell you right now that one thing that I, I liked relying on is that I've made friends with a lot of those guys. And, you know, I'll get a call from, you know, Kimmel or Ellen or AGT or Idol. I'll get a call from somebody who either – double booked or can't do this day or sick. And I was the guy. I was the guy they would call because they knew that Obi can do the fucking job. Like, uh, Obi can take over for a day and do this for me. Mm -hmm. And it's a great check. It's a great side hustle. Imagine if that all just went away. Like, yeah. this is their jobs. Like, they were relying on Kimmel and Fallon and Colbert and Corden. And some of these guys, did like, doing the Wendy Williams show – uh, Kelly Clarkson, uh, Kelly Clarkson show, like yeah, all these daytime you, shows. If, if you are watching a show with an audience, guarantee there is one person making sure that audience is happy and clapping and smiling and yep. all of that shit in between commercial breaks, in between ugh, wardrobe changes, anything, whatever, you know? Yeah, and like the the shitty part about that is like, yes, it's a good job, and yes, there is money there, but that union protects these people so they are able to get a living wage. For something that no one has an appreciation. Like, when you go, like, you can't just, like, leave Ralph's and go do a warm-up gig mm -hmm. for six hours on your on feet. On your feet with a microphone. Regulating your fucking blood pressure. And then leave <laughs> and go back to Ralph's. It's yeah. not a side job. That is your job. And the fact that these people can just, like, like, some of these guys I've seen, they've moved out of L.A., man. They live in, like, Diamond Bar. Mm -hmm. They live in... Uh, you know Ontario or uh some of them like they live out of state and they only they only like get an Airbnb out here or stay with a friend when their show's in session because they can't afford to be here to be here mm -hmm. and that's fucking bullshit yeah and like, there's so much money being made on on everyone's backs that like just give people some more fucking money dude like we Bill, know you, I know you can. Bill Maher does not have a wife, does not have a fucking kid. <laughs> he is just sitting there complaining about young people while he goes back and fucks black women. And black women famously, famously, don't ask much. They are the ones pulling the weight. He's not sitting there with some fucking woman that he's got to support and buy the finest shit. No. 
Black women got their own shit. My whole point is Bill Maher is not hurting for fucking money. No. This fucking super do, uh, it's superhero because he wants bullshit. to be on TV still. It's it's narcissism. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this goes for you too, Drew. Hey, She's, you, you, I, you warmed my heart with E.T. You ate my craft service, but this dude, is where I draw the line. If Drew Barrymore has been acting since she was eight years old and cannot stand to be off air for a year, that is a bigger problem. Like, yeah. There's a bigger problem there than the strike. Mm. Bitch, you ain't managing your money right. Well, I think we, you know, we saw the 90s. We knew what happened for a while. Yeah, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> Wasn't she friends with River Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> anyway um this has been a great episode <laughs> a good place to cut it yeah um i do you have anything to say about the strike just to say I, I just give give people some fucking money and let's go let's go make some more movies and shit Dude, like it's so much money people people get real sick of watching reality tv next year i'm telling you i'll tell you right now i'm sick of watching what i'm watching right now yes i, I we're, we're starting to run out of, we're gonna run out of new content in the next month bro it's just the calm app mm-hmm. and videos of my own life on loop <laughs> that's what my life is now yeah anyway ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for uh listening to us and just hanging out with us big shout out to blaine pierre mm-hmm. our producer super producer dna does our music aaron mostow does our music i'm here with bennett miller hey catch you next time catch you next time see you later everybody